0: All right, let's go. You ready? So I want to talk. We're on a torn series. We're going to talk about that. That's our whole screen back here. That's actually the veil of the temple. It's an image of what the veil might have looked like. And that veil's getting torn every week. Have you noticed that? Every week it's getting torn a bit more. And we're going to tear it wide open on Friday because Fridays went from top to bottom. The veil got torn open. So it's, it's just our little way of creating something, you know. Did you like it? <laughs> so, and we got the cross behind it. It's so much fun. So, so we're going to tear that wide open. But we wanted to do a series on torn. So we started with torn, just dealing with sin. What is sin? We talked about how, how sin uh, tore humanity from God. And it was just that separation that took place with the selfishness of mankind. And when we talked about the whole tear in the cosmos, because God introduced us into a whole broken system to use us to bring restoration in his plan and purpose. And then last week, and we were away for a couple weeks and it was Zach and Bobby ministered. Weren't they good? Hey, weren't they good? And Bobby talked about the torn heart of God, how the heart of God's been torn and he wants to be reconciled with his children, good stuff. So I'm going to talk quick about torn expectations today really, really fast in seven and a half minutes. Are you ready? Ready? my wife's watching the clock. It's going to go really, really good. So Matthew 21, here it is. This is the whole thing of the, today is Palm Sunday. It's where Jesus entered in. And that all happens in Matthew 21. So I'm going to read a little bit for you right there. It says, tell the daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming to you lowly, sitting on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. That was a prophecy about Jesus coming and entering into his passion week. And it said there's going to be a very there was, it says there was a very great multitude. It wasn't a few people. It wasn't like a couple people on the street. But we're talking. It was a it was a, a feast time in Israel. That meant everybody came back for the feast. So the city of Jerusalem would have swelled maybe to three four times. Like everybody came back. It was a massive campground, a huge KOA, and everybody came back. There was a very great multitude of people there. And when Jesus came in riding on that donkey, they all began to say Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. So they literally they'd heard. About Jesus, everybody had heard about Jesus just the week before he'd raised Lazarus from the dead in Bethany. So everybody heard about Jesus. So they were all like, This is him, I think this is him. So they gave him the title that was for the Messiah, the one who would come. And Hosanna means save us now. So uh let's take a look. I got I think I got a picture here. You got a picture? There it is. So that's pretty cool. eh? now if you, you look at that donkey there, if you look at his back, you see that stripe there on his side. There's the donkey's back. Did you know every single donkey has that on his back? Isn't that amazing? So that donkey from creation, from the purpose of God creating that donkey, that donkey was created to ride that day to bring the Savior of the world, to bring him towards the cross. Isn't that incredible? I think it's amazing how creation and all these little things just speak those things. But uh, there was a fella actually driving and a policeman pulled him over because he had a donkey in the front seat with him. And he was like, man, dude, stop. He says, what are you doing? He says, what's the matter? He says, you need to take that donkey to the zoo. He said, oh, sorry, officer. And so, bang, he went on his way. And then a week later, the guy sees the same guy, and he's got a donkey in the front seat. Now, both of them wearing sunglasses, like I don't know who you are, you know? He pulls them over again. He says, hey, it's you again. I told you, you need to take that donkey to the zoo. And he said, I heard you, and it was really good advice. We went to the zoo last week, and today we're going to the beach. Anyways, just thought I'd throw that in. It's my favorite donkey joke, you know? So, All right, so uh, we're, we're in the Passion Week. We're in the beginning of the Passion Week. And here in the beginning of the Passion Week, it's Jesus was entering into a head-on collision now with every opposition. It's a week where massive crowds are singing Hosanna. Now, they're singing, save us now, you're the Messiah. And four days later, they're going to scream at the same man, kill him, crucify him. We want nothing to do with them!" Wow, crowds are fickle, aren't they? Crowds are fickle. So, I mean, literally, you are the Messiah. Kill him in four days. I mean, so why did they do that? Because it didn't match their expectations. What they expected the Messiah to do, what they expected he would do. It was just, we expected something radically different. And after four days of watching, we're like, yeah, it can't be him. Kill him. Get him out of the way. So in four days, but then in the seventh day, and we're gonna celebrate that next week, that he is risen indeed from the dead. So is from those two words, save us or liberate us now. We beseech you, save us or liberate us right now. So the Feast of Passover, what happened at the Feast of Passover? uh, The first day, what they did was everybody brought their sacrifice to the priest and the priest would now, so this, while Jesus, this is amazing. You got Jesus, the Lamb of God, He's moving towards the temple, all right? He's moving towards the city of God. And as he's moving towards the city of God, there's all kinds of people with him bringing a lamb. They're bringing lambs. And they're taking lambs on this day to the temple so that their sacrifice can be inspected by the priest. And Jesus, the Lamb of God, you can move ahead a couple screens. I'm going really fast, so we're bing, go ahead. You can stop there. That's good. So here we are. You got the Passover. You got he's everybody had to take a lamb. So they're taking a lamb, and Jesus is a lamb. So you got the lamb of God along with them taking lambs. I don't know if they really realized that what they were doing was a type and a symbol, but the real lamb of God was going to the temple right there. And just like those lambs were taken to be inspected, Jesus was going to be inspected. And when Jesus went into Jerusalem for several days now, they began to question him, they began to grill him, they began to say, Who are you? Who do you think you are? And the Lamb of God was inspected over that period. So look at John. John 1 Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the whole world. Isn't that good? Well to all those who believe in him pastor No, that says the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the whole world. Sin is not a problem right now. It's only a problem if you think it is. It's only a problem if you think that, you know, I'm not forgiven. I'm a dog. Here's the beautiful good news about the kingdom. Jesus has forgiven your sin. Now you can, you can ignore it and you can walk around like it hasn't happened, but here's the truth. You are forgiven. But you need to receive that. You need to embrace that. You need to receive that to be born. To those who receive him, he gives them the right to become the children of God. You need to receive the good news that your sins are forgiven. Give me another slide. Here we go. So the father doesn't inspect you. He inspects the son. Just like the priest. When you brought a lamb to the priest, the priest didn't go, hmm. He didn't check you out. He checked out your lamb there's a lot of people that think, well, if God's going to receive me, he's checking me out. You know what? God's not checking you out. God checked out Jesus. God checked out the Lamb of God. He checked out the Lamb of God. And guess what? If the Lamb of God is perfect, you're perfect. Every single person, not one of those people. You could have come smelly. You could have come drunk. You could have come messed up. You could have come the night before the worst sinner ever. But when you brought your lamb to the priest, the priest didn't care if you had alcohol in your breath or if you were smoking a joint. He wasn't looking at you. He's inspecting your sacrifice. Sacrifice. You see, when you come to God, he's not looking at you. He says, I accept you because I have inspected my son. And worthy is the Lamb of God to take away the sins of the whole world. But you see, you go to a lot of religious places and they'll, they'll put you into a, a, a sin, you know, dealing with program. Let's deal with a, a we're going to put you on a program to stop your sinning. If you could have stopped your sin and you didn't need a savior. If you could have stopped your sin and you didn't need the lamb of God. And that was the whole point of that day. The lamb, they were bringing the lamb that would take away sin. Jesus is the lamb of God, once and for all took away the sin of the whole world. Okay, I've got to go cuz 7 minutes is up already. I think I got two. Two. Second Corinthians 5:19. Where was God? Where was God when Jesus was dying? He left. He he, he went away. He couldn't look Where was God? For God was in Christ on the cross. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. Settle down. I don't know if that's really good news or not. Man, man. Colossians 3.3, 3, your life is hid with Christ in God. Your life is hid with Christ in God. The word hid is apocryphos, to hide, to conceal, to keep secret. Paul had a clear revelation that we are identified with Christ. You are identified with the Lamb of God. You see, just like the Lamb was inspected, the Lamb died for sin, the Lamb was buried and he was raised up again, you have died, you have been buried, and you've been raised up in Christ. You are hidden in Christ. You are hidden in Christ. You are in Christ at once and for all, never to be taken out. you are hidden in Christ, and Paul had a clear revelation of that. If the lamb is perfect, you are perfect. Can you say that I'm perfect? I am perfect because I am in the Lamb of God. I am hidden in Him. I'm, I'm in a protection program. I'm in Christ. Exodus twelve fifteen. Another thing: seven days you shall eat unleavened bread, but on the first day you shall remove leaven from your houses. Whoever eats unleavened bread on the first day until the seventh day, that person shall be cut off from Israel. May the Lord bless the reading of His Word. But now this is a part of the whole ceremony. On that day, they were bringing their lamb to be inspected. But on that day, they're also sweeping the whole house so that leaven would be gone. Now, a lot of people think that leaven is is like sin, right? You got to get the sin out of your life. Well, what is leaven? Let's, Let's find out what that is. Give me another screen. Luke 12, verse 1. Beware the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. Now, here's a very interesting thing. If you read chapter 11 of Luke 12, you'll see that Jesus had a full-on confrontation with the Pharisees and the religious people of the day. The Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Wooden Seas, the Couldn't Sees, all those people. And he had a meeting with them. And If you read it, he said, woe to you, woe to you, woe to you, woe to you. Because you know what? They kept on putting laws and rules and, and performance in the face of the people. He says, you got the key. You won't use it. You won't let people in. You don't enter in and you won't let anybody else in. But you've introduced people to a religious system that just keeps them in pain, bondage, and misery all their lives. And here's what he said the leaven was. The leaven is hypocrisy. The leaven is people who pretend, I'm making it. I'm doing really good for God. Oh." I've made it. I'm not trying to make it. I've made it. I'm in. I can't even improve upon what God has done in my life. Because I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus because my life is hidden in him. So uh, 21, 12 to 17, this is what Jesus did. After the Lamb of God came to the temple, you know what he did when he got to the temple? He drove out all the people who had turned the temple into a religious institution. Turned it into performance and paying for things and trying to earn your freedom. And he came in and he drove out all those who bought and sold. What's beautiful is once he put everything back in order, he said, my house shall be a house of prayer for the nations. A place where people could come experience God. It says then, when he cleared everything out, it says then, it says the blind and the lame came into the temple and he healed them. You know, I think think we need a a good old hypocrisy removal, a religious enema. We need to get rid of all the things that hinder God moving because we get rid of that stuff and you're really going to see a pure, beautiful, unadulterated move of God. Not sin management courses, but people who are shown the freedom that God has won for you, body, soul, and spirit, free Forever. Forever. Give me another slide because I'm moving. Galatians 5, 8 to 10. This persuasion does not come from him who calls you. This is Paul now, the apostle Paul talking about leaven. He says, this is not it. These people are trying to put you into religious performance programs. This isn't what you were called to. These people aren't from me. I came to tell you who the son set free is free indeed. These people are putting yokes and burdens of performance on you. They're not from me. It doesn't come from him who calls you. He said, a little leaven leavens the whole lump a little performance a little religious do-goody two-shoes will mess up your whole life it's him and it's him alone and it's all him and thank god it is and none of us can boast not one bit of works can change what he did for your life he's nuts about you and he'll never change your mind and who he set free is free indeed But Levin tries to get in. He said, I have confidence in you and in the Lord that you will have no other mind. But he who troubles you, he who's trying to put you back in religious performance, he says, he shall bear his judgment, whoever he is. There's a lot of religion in the world today that's trying to put people in sin management programs and all kinds of things, and you could do better. You know, I hope next week you do better. Amen. So come again this week and we'll give you another do better sermon. Hallelujah. How many could be a little better Christian than you are right now? Don't put your hand up because you can't improve on perfection. And you know, when you finally realize you are perfect, you might actually start behaving like you are because it's true. It's true. It's true. I'm almost done. Hebrews 10, 14, for by one offering, he is perfected forever. The Lamb of God, by one offering, He is perfected forever. How many know this is in the Bible? By one offering, He is perfected forever those who are being sanctified. When you accept Jesus as your Savior, the Father declares you perfect. 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 But I haven't been perfect this week. What amazes me is that unperfect people can do unperfect things. Doesn't change the fact that you're perfect. Did you know that unperfect people can do perfect things? Doesn't make them perfect. Did you get that? There's there's people who don't know Jesus and don't know what it is to have him in their lives. And they can behave and they can be nice to people. Doesn't make them a Christian. You as a Christian not behaving like you're perfect doesn't make you any less a Christian. It's a Christian who's not walking out of your identity. And you know what gets you to walk in your identity? It's not to stare at your belly button and say, what's wrong with me? It's to look to Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith, and say, I'm perfect. You know when you need faith to say you're perfect? When you don't feel like you are. Have you ever had that time where I can't say I'm perfect because you're being accused and the stuff coming in your head. Put all of that down and listen to the voice of God. You are perfect because he declared it, and don't argue with it, I'm telling you. All right, Galatians three twenty-seven. and all have been united with Christ in baptism. All, and they've put on Christ. It's like putting on new clothes. I love the message. It says your baptism in Christ was not just washing you up for a fresh start. It also involved dressing you in an adult faith. I love that. This also includes dressing you in an adult faith. Not a faith that has to mature, but a mature faith. A mature revelation, a mature wardrobe of the life of Christ. God doesn't give you a little bit and then you get more if you perform properly. You get the whole thing. And right there, bang, he has dressed you with adult faith, wardrobe, Christ's life. The fulfillment of God's original purpose. One more screen, 2 Corinthians 5:17. There is anyone who is in Christ, they're a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Another slide. Wowzers. When when the anointed one was being carried into his purpose, the anointed one being carried into the city of Jerusalem, do you think anybody was saying, what an amazing donkey. Wonder where he got that donkey. Wonder if that comes with a a 60,000 kilometer warranty. What a cool donkey. You know what? Nobody's really looking at you either. It's not about what kind of donkey are you or are you a good donkey. You just got to say, hee-haw, hee-haw, because you are carrying the greatest anointing in the world right now. Jesus himself has hidden himself in you and you in him, and you carry the anointing to change the world, and you don't need to be anything special. You just got to put one foot in the front of the other and say, hee-haw, hee-haw. Turn your neighbor say, hee-haw. Hee haw. Turn to your other neighbor say, Hee haw. Hee haw. Come on, why don't you stand with me? Just want you to stand and everybody's praying. All the believers are praying. Come on, stand up with me and all the believers are praying. You ready? Come on, I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Everybody, we're all praying. Just really praying. Now, listen, if you're here today and you thought, well, I can't believe I wandered in this church, or maybe you're here because of a friend, or you're here to see a friend be baptized or something, and you're looking going, man, you know, I thought the place was going to fall on my head. Imagine me going to church. You know, God loves you, and he's always loved you, and you've never lived an unloved moment. He's always been with you, and he's knocking on your heart right now, and he's saying, come on home, come on home, come on home. You know, right now, I just want to give you the opportunity to do that. I just want to do a simple prayer with you, and I want to pray with you. But what I want you to do is just identify that it's you, that your heart's going pitter-patter, that, that you want to accept Jesus right now today, that you want to come home. You want to say, hee-haw, come into my life, Lord Jesus. If that's you, I'm going to count to three, and at three, I just want you to put your hand up really high so I can see it, all right? That's it. That's all you got to do, and then we're going to pray together. You ready? Here we go. One, two. Three. Just throw your hand up wherever you are, really high. Thank you. Anyone else? Anyone else? Just lift your hand really high. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Just lift your hand really high so I can see it. Wow. All right, you can put your hands down. Thank you. And now everybody's going to pray, but if you had your hand up, I want you to lift up your voice, and I want you to pray, okay? Are you ready? Just pray this with me. We're just going to repeat these words after me. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for coming to my life. Thank you for forgiving me of my sin. Thank you right now for restoring me to my heavenly father. I confess that you are the Lord Jesus Christ. And I receive you as my personal Lord and Savior. Holy Spirit, come into my life. Testify that I am a child of God.